Well, welcome back to Bible and Brew with Ben and I. And we are, well, we took a break, Ben. We took a break for about five weeks, and that was refreshing. That was not my fault. That was your fault. Why was that? I went on vacation. I loved it. Left me I stranded. regret nothing. Left me stranded. Yeah. I guess when you left, you at least still did the Bible and Brew. I did it. I was like, I am doing nothing. Yeah. Disappointing. No and regrets. And the fans reached out to us. We had a lot of inquiries. Guys, for our, all our plethora of fans, I just wanted to, you know, hold you in suspense so that when we were back, you'd be so happy. So yeah. you're welcome. So the two, the two or three fans out there who uh, watch this, <laughs> you're gathered together. You know, this is this is more. This is more for I think me and you to talk <laughs> about the lectionary each week. It's not for like anyone watching. They watch is fine, but anyway. So I think I think for us, we're gonna transfer to Bible and coffee, Bible and brew. You know, Bible and coffee. So uh, this morning I have um, a pumpkin spice latte from Dunkin' Donuts, and it is very good. I have just good old-fashioned Trader Joe's coffee in my Hawaiian cup, if you're watching. Really nice. And uh, Lennon, but you didn't say why we transitioned from beer to coffee. Why is it? You let them know. You let them know. Well, I don't know about you fans, beloved fans, but COVID has not been so great to our waist sizes. So I've heard don't that this is true. Don't put me in this. Lennon, it's been worse for him than me. Let me be honest with you fans. So we thought, well, maybe a few fewer calories would, would be a little better. So we'll probably get back to beer at some point. But for now, Bible and Brew means the good old-fashioned coffee brew. Also, also, we're filming this at 8.30 in the morning. You know? so that's, <laughs> right. that's another reason to. I wanted to make sure you guys know that we don't have a problem. Yeah. Rumors are not true. <laughs> so that said, let's get serious. And let's pop into this text. And for this upcoming Sunday... We have Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. And essentially what's going on in this passage is Peter asked Jesus, so if another member of the church sins against me, how often do I forgive them? And he writes as many as seven times, which, you know, I don't know about you, that's a lot of times. But Jesus says, no, I tell you, 77 times and you if, if you're paying attention you know and some of the other accounts it's 70 times seven times but here in this account it's 77 times and right after jesus says you have to forgive more than you ever would he gives this little parable and he talks about this king who was settling accounts in his kingdom and he comes upon a slave of his who owes him ten thousand talents which uh is a quadrillion dollars really if you do the math uh, my New Testament scholars tell me. So there's no possible way this guy can pay. So the king orders this slave's, uh, you know, all his possessions to be sold off. He, his wife, children, in chains. But then the servant falls down on his knees, begs Jesus, or not Jesus, begs the king, please forgive me. Please, like, you know, I'll pay everything. And uh, again, he can't possibly pay everything, but he says he will. But to this, the king here's this call for you know, mercy and, actually, and gives it. He, uh, he gives him this incredible gift. Uh, and so we're just left thinking, oh, is that the end of the story? You know, forgive 70 times, seven times, this guy's forgiven. But then that slave goes out and does 
the unthinkable. He finds someone who owes him nothing. Uh, compare with the 10,000 talents, it, is, it literally is a drop in the ocean. But this slave, who's just been forgiven much, doesn't forgive at all. And so the people around who saw the king absolve uh, this slave uh, for his great debt are scandalized by this. And they go and tell the king, king, the person who you just forgave this great sum is now throwing into prison uh, this person who owed him nothing. Uh, do something about this. And so the king does. He grabs this slave, he calls him wicked, and he essentially like just throws him over to be tortured and he has to pay his entire debt. And with the final line, Jesus says those foreboding words, so my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. So that said, that summary, Landon, what do you make of this text? So oh. <clears throat> In some other translations, there's a, there's a math problem here. Ooh. Ben, were you were you into math when you were in high school or college? I I was for like middle school and about like half of high school, and then I don't know what happened. I like believe it or not, I got the highest achievement in algebra. Thought I was going to be a math major, and then I just like fell off the wagon when it came to like calculus, trigonometry. I don't I, don't, I like to blame my teachers, uh, but I know myself, and it was probably me. I was an awful, awful in math, but I tried, but I just never clicked. Well, there's, there's a math problem here, mm-hmm. like translations. And, uh, and so Peter asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive? And uh, Jesus responds, 77 or seven times seven. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to do some math and I looked, I actually looked it up and it's 490 times. And so I kept thinking, is, is Jesus asking us to actually forgive literally 490 times to that degree or is he not actually doing a practical math lesson and saying it doesn't matter the number of times you forgive you should continue to forgive and so forgiveness is something that I kept thinking about and it's not a particular number that you should forgive but continuous forgiving but then I find it hard I find it hard to forgive because I don't want to forgive all the time he never wants to forgive me. I, I really don't. And like, hear me out. Hear me out. If someone wrongs you and there's pain and hurt, I, I'm just like, you, you did an offense against me. I don't, I don't really want to forgive you. Mm. You know, if someone, like for instance, nowadays in the cultural climate, there's a lot of um, uh, unrest. Unrest with um, racism, right? So if a, a, a white racist does something against me, why would I want to forgive them? And so I'm wrestling, I'm wrestling with that. I'm wrestling with that right now. I think that's very valid. I think that so uh, famous atheist Richard Dawkins once wrote or said that he just can't wrap his mind around the concept of forgiveness. Uh, which kind of makes sense, right? You've been wronged. If we're talking strictly non-Christian, non-Jewish way of thinking, like, well, why would I forgive that? I guess you made the argument, like, you know, we've got to keep civilization civil and happening. But yeah, it is kind of counterintuitive. And it is like on some level, the message of the gospel, right? We've been forgiven, so forgive. 
That said, I do think you bring up a good point. I think, I think with what's going on in our society today, uh, like repentance and forgiveness are real things and being wrong is a very real thing. And you can't undo a wrong, especially a violent act, just like any kind of act where there's an abuse. And so I think that sometimes we downplay, we make, it's like, forgive, forgive. We, we, we ask people to forgive too quickly uh, when, you know, Jesus has that saying, right? Don't let the sun go down on your anger or whatever. But I think that that's being misused here. If you've been radically wronged or a people group has been radically wronged, uh, I don't think the people who've done the wronging have any right to say, well, hurry up and forgive. Or yeah. they're not the people who can say, um, why don't you get around to forgiving? Uh, yeah. They're the ones who should be asking for forgiveness and be penitent. <laughs> yeah, and I also heard the phrase, which uh, I'm kind of leaning towards, but this whole forgiveness, I have to like process every day. I get up every day and say, I'll do the best of my ability as a valuable human being to forgive as best as I can. And I'm, I'm still with the notion of forgive, but don't forget. Don't forget what was done to you in the past. You know, forgive the action, but if, if something is habitual, like if there's a person in your life that has a habitual thing uh, against you and you can kind of see it coming, don't forgive and like kind of play dumb because it's going to come at you again, you know? Um, but, but forgive not, I, I don't know, not, maybe not for their sake, but for your sake. Yeah. If you're, you're holding on to this, if you're holding on to this pain and this hurt, it's like doing, it's, it's like turning your insides out, right? It's not, it's not good for your being, your mental uh, health, your spiritual health. It's just not good. I think God calls us to forgive the other person, yes, but more in particular to forgive for our sake. So we don't have to hold on to that uh, burden uh, uh, and just let it go, like let it go and then move on. You could, two good points there, right? We forgive you know, to keep civilization from just revenge, murders, whatever, but also like for yourself. Um, I think, I mean, if we had a talk with Richard Dawkins, I think we, we'd have to be like, well, come on, man. Like the benefit of forgiveness obviously is like, we all know those people who they tend to usually be older uh, and it tends to be the people who just have held grudges and resentment forever and sometimes like those grudges and resentment are very valid it's not like one of those like well my brother wronged me and it's like well like if you hear that person's side it feels like it's you know could be interpreted either way mm. but i don't know about you but i want nothing to do with being this like old guy who's just like grudge upon grudge build up and just be a toxic yeah person who no one wants to hang out with I don't want to hang out with. So yeah, I think forgiveness, yeah, it's for society, but it's for yourself. Uh, yeah, but I do, I do think, getting back to what we were just saying, sometimes like, forgiveness takes a little while. And, and also with what you said, I don't know if forgive and forget is actually in the Bible anywhere. You think about, like, Jesus definitely tells us to forgive. Yeah. But I don't think there's this notion that we are to, like, <laughs> be foolish and like yeah. totally forget what that person did so that they can do it again. <laughs> I think there's this false connotation though. I don't know where it's coming from, but there's this like false uh, thinking of like, forgive the person 
and you're like buddy buddy with them or this like like love right like you're supposed to love our neighbors love our enemies but that doesn't that doesn't mean be buddy buddy with them be best friends with them right you know like like i love you as a genuine person but i'm not best friends with you ben i'm not even friends with you ben right <laughs> it's true folks we just we, we tolerate each other <laughs> i'm just kidding um but i think there's 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 tears of love and i think there's like um tears of i mean forgiveness as well right I, I i don't i don't know maybe i'm blowing smoke but um when it comes to love i think we can love in categories and when jesus calls us to love we don't need to like love another person who has done us so wrong to, but we're called to love them to get back into a right relationship with them so that we don't hold a grudge we don't hold a burden we don't hold hate or hold feelings or these things that are just consuming us from the inside. And I think that goes well in line with forgiveness, that we're called to forgive these people to be in right relationship with them. But that doesn't mean tomorrow we're going back to that same uh, community or same walk in life that we were uh, once at with them. You know, it takes time, but the first step is to speak it into existence saying, I will forgive and move forward from this. And even in this text, right, it doesn't seem like the king in this parable is becoming best friends uh, yeah. with the guy who he forgave the debt from. Uh, yeah, I think there is. I, I think you're right on with that. There's a, in, in Christian kind of culture, there's this notion, and it's like a well-meaning notion that we're gonna, you're going to be best friends with everyone. Uh, and that's just like not possible. Uh, we're called to love. Uh, we're called to have mercy with people. But you're you're not gonna be best friends with everyone, and you know what? That's okay, and that's life giving, because then you can kind of live your life. <laughs> yeah. uh, but so, Lena, my last question before we wrap this up is: How, like, as a pastor, you don't even have to be a pastor; you can be anyone. When you're trying to encourage someone you know, or your congregation, or someone who's been wrong to forgive, how do you go about talking about? Like, do you just come out and say, like, you need to forgive that person? I think that's not authentic. Like, uh, nowadays it's like, oh, we can, we can preach these things, but I feel like that's so superficial and fake. Mm. Like, I want to know the practical ways to go about that. And so I think for myself, having my own relatable experience and telling my story of how I've been wronged or I have done a wrong in myself and someone has forgiven me or I have forgiven someone else. I think storytelling is, is super important. And um, nowadays, like pastors, ministers and priests don't want to tell their story because they're on a platform, right? They're on a platform of this pious person that needs to stay so high and they don't want to be their authentic human self saying, you know what, I effed up in the past. I did this, I did that, um, but I've grown from that. And here's my story to tell you about it, you know? So I think storytelling um, and being genuine with other people uh, is, is super important. But how about yourself? Yeah, well, before I get to my, what I'm gonna say, Eugene Peterson talks about that a lot. The late, great Eugene Peterson who wrote, like who translated the Message Bible, but Actually, I really like him more for his spiritual theology ratings. And he does talk about, in this one book, it's called Tell It Slant. And he just talks about how, like, you really kind of 
get to people's hearts and minds by telling it slant, uh, by not coming right at it, but kind of coming about it in a side way that's not manipulative. But a lot of times he talks about it's through stories. Uh, and, you know, our greatest uh, writers of scripture, great storytellers. Uh, but I think, yeah, I mean, to bounce on to what you're saying, I think that you don't really get someone to forgive, telling them to forgive. You don't really get someone to, you know, stop seal, stealing, to say, stop stealing. I think what we see in this text and what we see in the scriptures is that Jesus has forgiven us so much. And so we just emphasize how loving he is, how merciful he is, not just in an abstraction, but to me. Um, and even, even in his story, he does radical forgiveness. Like, look when the disciples um, abandoned him mm. and he came back and forgave them. Look when Peter denied him. Well, mm. like, I just, like in the Nicene Creed, it says uh, Jesus descended to the dead, right? So, I mean, there's some theology of him going to the people who were not saved yet and Judas may have been there and forgave him right um, I think there's just a radical forgiveness when it comes to God and we are supposed to reciprocate that forgiveness to this to this world yeah uh, it's easier said than done it's totally. easier said than done but I think that's a struggle that we all have to wrestle with every day and sometimes I wonder if you just tell that story and don't end it with so now you're supposed to forgive. Almost just like let people sit in the story of Jesus on the cross saying with his final words, right? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And you tell those kind of stories. Sometimes I think it's just like birthed in people. Yeah. Uh, especially because like when you're wronged, especially when you've been wrong for a long time or you've held a grudge for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, like you just need your heart to be softened. But then that is that is powerful what you bring up. Like, imagine everyone is turned against you. You are being condemned by the state for a crime you didn't commit in a place called uh, the, the skull, Golgotha, which is the sewers of the city. And everyone is just, you, you had to carry your cross up. Everyone's just looking at you, spitting on you, hitting you doing all these things, you've been beaten to half to death. And in that moment, like, I'd be like, yo, forget all these people, give them the bird, double birds. Like my last, my last way to go out, double birds. If I can just manage that, double birds, that's it. I'm going out like that. But Jesus says, like you said, Father, forgive. That is, that, that, that's mind blowing. Yeah. And I don't know if we can do something like that, but he can. And I think that that might just melt our stone cold hearts. So that said, before we go, I do want to say, I love that this text is right after the text from last week, which was that like text on church discipline, which is like, you know, if someone's wronged you, go to them. If they don't repent, take two or three more. And if, they, if he still doesn't repent, go to the church and then kick him out. And sometimes we're like, well, okay, so, are we only supposed to forgive like three times? Is it like a three strikes, you're out, three petty crimes, you're going to prison? I love that this text is right after, because it's not saying that. Here Jesus says, forgive 77 times or 490 times, or what he really means is forgive like I forgave, which is infinite. So I think that's good news for us. 
we don't have three strikes, that our Lord is one whose property is always to have mercy with us. And so hopefully that will birth. Sounds good. I think, hey. I think, uh, I think doing coffee, yeah, I think doing coffee in the morning is, is refreshing and a good start to the day. Um, so if we, if we record like in the afternoon, we got to, you know, maybe get a beer sometime, you know? So we'll see, man. I gotta, I gotta do some pounds. <laughs> but join us next time or next week, um, Bible and brew with Ben and Landon.